Good evening, Songhezo. My name is Linda from Tipluf. Hesh, my brother. My entrepreneur story is a very sad one. I wish this conversation happened last year, around this time, maybe. Maybe things would be better. So, I was working for a bank for 15 years. From there, had this edge that I've always had to be, you know, a businessman and make a difference in my country. So I came up with a plan to eradicate shacks around the townships. I've applied for funding, tried granting, getting a grant somewhere. None of those things have happened. None of those have come to fruition. I don't know if I've tried everything. I don't think I have, but what is happening now is I'm out. I'm down and out. Going back home as I'm speaking to you now. Uh, hi, good evening, Songhezo. This is Kumbuzo in Devon. Uh, Songhezo, uh, I want to ask your guest uh, uh, to explain a little bit what are his views about uh, the future of uh, the monetary system. As we see now, there's the advent of the blockchain which is uh, actually a threat to the banking system. They, they want to remove the middleman of the banking system. So what are his views about uh, the future of the blockchain? Because I see uh, some many positive things about it. Hashtag business on Wednesday. Global Entrepreneurship Monitor South Africa, GEM. 2019-2020 news coming out from the research associate at the University of Stellenbosch's business school, Mr. Angus Bowmaker Falconer. Angus, good evening. Thanks for your time. I know you heard those two voice notes, yes? <laughs> yes. Good evening and thanks for having me on your show together. Fantastic. To the extent that you can offer hope to the gentleman um, who sent us that voice note, he says he is, in his words, down and out. He's clearly a business person. He's tried this, that, and the other to the extent that he's telling us they simply are not yielding the kinds of fruits he wants to pick and to eat. Another voice note, and I'm just asking you because you're in the global entrepreneurship space and monitoring the kinds of things that are taking place in commerce. The second one says, what should South Africa do in relation, or what rather is the future for money as we know it, in the advent of digital currencies like um, digital currencies, cryptocurrencies. Do you want to respond to that to the extent that you can, please? I know it's not the reason why we are having this conversation, but just respond yeah. in any event. Yeah, uh, so um, I was going to share, obviously, the results of our study. And, but the first, the first um, um, caller saying that, you know, you know, he wished that we had these kind of conversations last year. I mean, he's quite correct. I mean, if we look at what happened in the world um, and in South Africa, um, during the financial crisis of 2018 to 19, now we took two to three years, or the world took two to three years to bounce back, and it's going to be a similar scenario, but it's going to be a deeper. And um, the countries that bounced back quicker were those that where, where the, the policy response was was accurate, and where um, finance was made available. So, you know, those are the two things that that need to happen now in South Africa. We need an appropriate response, and we need to make sure that. Uh, that access to 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 finance is, is there, um, so um, that's my response to that one. Sure, um, sure. Um, 
And and I think we're going to see a lot of, um, um, given our unemployment uh, right now, we're going to see a lot of necessity-driven entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. the jobs aren't going to be there. Um, so it is a crisis. Excellent. Your response to the role and advent of digital currencies, very briefly? Well, I mean, digital currencies um, are, are here to stay. I mean, um, they, they are going to disrupt uh, how money works. And, um, you know, at the moment, um, you know, those who got in early are benefiting. And I think banks are going to have to come online, um, whether they create exchanges. And that's probably the route they're going to go. Um, but they're going to be competing with, with uh, a new order of currencies, there's no doubt. Fantastic. Well, let's leave it there because that was just a teaser for what is to come because, well, Mr. Angus Bomaker-Falconer, he's a research associate at the University of Stellenbosch's Business School. We're talking about effectively what has come out of the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, specifically as it relates to South Africa and what we don't know and what we do know and how COVID has affected both of what we don't know and we do know after the break. It's that conversation until 9.30. Please give us a call, 0891-104-207. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Already before the pandemic, many aspects of the country's entrepreneurial ecosystem needed a major overhaul. This is highlighted in the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor South Africa Report 2019-2020. This is because the economic and social upheaval, especially caused by COVID-19 pandemic, underlies the need for a collective and robust national strategy to unlock entrepreneurship in South Africa. What does that say to you and how can you unpack it for the ordinary understanding of the common person listening Okay, so the first, the first thing is that any research study is limited by its conceptual framework and what it's trying to find out. Um, so uh, the, the study we do is, is, a, is a longitudinal one. It's a global study. Um, there have been 114 economies that have participated to date. Um, there are four African economies in the study we did last year. Um, so the, the, the framework conditions or, or the ecosystem before this massive shock um, can't predict what will happen uh, as a result of the shock, but they do give us some insight into what what existed beforehand mm-hmm. and how it's likely to recover. So um, the study itself uh, measures a number of things. Um, it considers um, how society values entrepreneurship as a contribution to the economy and to society. Yes. So as we know, that um, entrepreneurship is more than just making money. It's 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 also about dealing with um, um, economic participation and some of the wicked, wicked problems we have, like unemployment and inequality. Um, it's also it's in, a, in, a, in the frame of entrepreneurship that um, we are likely to get more participation from the youth and from women. Mm. So it, it adds more than just economic growth. So it's a, it's a social, uh, it's a social uh, uh, impact as well. Um, so that's the one thing it measures. The other thing it measures is... Um, entrepreneurial attributes and how people see the opportunity in the market. Um, then also looks at the pipeline. So what is happening in the pipeline? Just as you know, entrepreneurs um, uh, are innovative. They start ideas. They get to a point. Some of them fail. Some of them work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we, we try and understand that. And then we also try and understand these framework conditions. And those are the things that make it easy or difficult for entrepreneurs to make a go of it. 
And those are the conditions that I'm saying, and the study has found, that since uh, 2015, those conditions have remained uh, uh, poor and, and not properly supportive of, of entrepreneurship. And in fact, they, they, they sit below the global average. So those are those things we have to deal with. Um, so, so one has to look at all aspects of, of, of that to understand uh, whether entrepreneurship is going to um, 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 fly or, or, mm. or flourish mm. in the country or whether it's going to be stifled. I'm not at all dismissing what you have done as a report. But in the context of your third point, in particular, the fact that for nigh on five years now, the entrepreneurship space has relatively remained the same. And of course, we lose traction in that regard as against the rest of the world who are making strides in embracing entrepreneurship as part of the social impact strategy of their respective societies and closing market gaps, obviously, because that's what entrepreneurs do. Did your work at all consult the World Bank doing business report? The last two editions of effectively put South Africa, what, out of our 200 nations, we sitting between 75 and 85 if it's a good year 75 if it's a bad year yes. so i mean we, we clearly are not doing well even with what we have against nations who have got far less than what we have what kind of indictment then is that on south africa's business climate more especially when you compare it against the rest of the world yes well just on that report I mean, we sit below Tunisia, Kenya, Morocco, Rwanda, and Mauritius in Africa. Mm, mm, exactly. So, so our, our ecosystem conditions are below all of those other African countries. Um, on the on the the on our measure of the uh, national um, entrepreneurial um, conditions, we, we have an index um, that we that we look at across uh, the the fifty countries that participated. Um, in fact, the, the fifty four countries that participated in that part of the study. And um, and we sit um, we sit at 49 out of 54 countries. That's our that's our rank. Yeah, that's so, not good. So both from the World Bank's point of view and their research, as well as the work we've done, our, our ecosystem is not healthy. Let's um, talk about this ecosystem, it not being healthy. Here I am, and we're yeah. going to talk about how do I, sitting from where I am, have a business that can start trading with all, at least the instruments that are intrinsic to trade being available to me. We're going to get into that in a minute. But we've got to lament the fact that, I mean, we had a conversation earlier on, on the show about how this government relief scheme has been nothing short of a dog's breakfast in the sense that half of the businesses that are there or more wanting money aren't even getting it. Some of the excuses being given range from this, that, and the other. Two, yeah. we can't not lament the reality that the government systems are not coordinated. They ask you for this, and then you come and bring that, and they say, no, you forgot this, but you were never told that. And then assuming you've got everything, then you're told, sorry, it's lunchtime, or sorry, the system is offline. Imagine, three-month bank statement, proof of residence, this. And yeah. then it takes all this time to secure these things. Bank yes. clearance here, letter from this person there, and a confirmation of that, surety for this, collateral for that. This is not, for the most part, I'm not giving the exact terminology here, but I mean, the frustration that is occasioned on an entrepreneur to provide all of this is enough of a reason for one just to give it a second thought and say, you know what, I'm better off without this. Let me just go back to work nine to five. It's, it's, it's totally, it's totally uh, mind-blowing. I mean, the, the government through the CRPC has set up this portal. Now, the idea is a one-stop service 
for SARS, UIS, compensation fund, etc. But the amount of paperwork you need, so even before even before this crisis, the amount of paperwork you need to to, to get going is, is unbelievable. Um, so, but, but the president made a commitment that you will be able to register your business and open a bank account in one day. And that's that's the idea behind this portal. I don't know if it's functional like that. I doubt it. But, but so that is a good initiative. It's a very good initiative. But somehow the initiatives and the actual implementation of the initiatives don't tally. Um, some some other good initiatives from the the, the the Department of Small Business Development, and I think these are fantastic things. You know, creating a common funding applications across all development finance institutions. That's fantastic. Um, using blended finance, you know, so you, for small businesses, there's an option of a bit of um, a bit of a grant and a bit of a loan. These are very good ideas. You know, even as, at an informal level, creating generic laws for informal traders at all municipalities. These are fantastic initiatives, mm. um, and they're just not translating. And that, I think, is the challenge. Now, obviously, the ones I'm talking now to you around uh, from the small business uh, development, the partner small business development. He's obviously got sidelined a bit because of the, the, the massive shock. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, the government have got some very good ideas. Um, and they're just not translating. And I think that is, that is the challenge. We're in conversation with Mr. Angus Bowmaker Falconer. He's a research associate at University of Stellenbosch Business School. That's all Francois van Sale in the beautiful suburb of Durbanville. So they've got time to think about these things because the environment is just as pleasant. What is not pleasant, of course, is the release of the information that is contained in the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor for South Africa. The report is a 2019-2020, an initiative between themselves, the GEM itself globally, as well as the Small Enterprise Development Agency, CEDA, that relaunched that report, rather, was launched earlier today. I'm on the www.bizportal, B-I-Z portal, dot gov, dot Z-A. That's their website for the Department of Economic Development. And it speaks to what you were saying. We're going to go there in a moment in terms of what should happen versus what is not happening. Here's an entrepreneur who's got stories for days. Listen out to him. He's KGM. Good evening, KGM. Uh, good evening, Songezo, and good evening to, to your guest. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue this, that entrepreneurship is one business model that is actually discouraged by the global economic phenomena, particularly by the, the so-called big players of the economic or the industries of the economy. And, mm. and the reason for that Maybe just to qualify on my accusation, entrepreneurship is the model that is actually suitable not only for the South African socioeconomic uh, conditions, but also for the global economy if we talk about coherence in terms of the beneficiation or the benefits mutually so of a country to a country or economy to economy. But because the model of the capitalist structure says the pyramid scheme has to feed up to the top and the top has to be thin with the thick base. Entrepreneurship does not talk to that because you cannot be an entrepreneur without having a caring nature. Now, the parting shot, Mm. which which I would like your guest to, to talk to. 
if we were to force entrepreneurship as big business, I doubt, and what does his view stand, that we will be having the similar socioeconomic challenges that we have as the leadership comes more in business from big corporates or conglomerates. Hold that thought. Angus, did you get that question? Yes, I do. Okay, excellent. Thanks so much, Brother KG. Thank you, sir. Take care. Angus? Yes, so so this is absolutely right. I mean, we know we know that um, we know that if you, if you take the number of businesses in any in any economy, there's more small businesses than big businesses, um, and they also employ lots of people. If you take the informal sector in South Africa, employ an enormous amount of people. Um, the problem is that the market dynamics keep small guys out, mm. and and that happens both at regulation level as well as at Competitiveness level or anti-competitiveness level. Anti-competitive, yes, Examples of, I mean, so finance. I mean, it is dominated. Um, Telcos are dominated. Uh, One of my, one of what I'm very interested in seeing on the telco side is when this new spectrum becomes available. How many small businesses are going to participate in that? None, absolutely none. So that, but the government can control that. They have, they have, they can make that a condition of spectrum release. And they do have an aspect of that in their proposal, but I wonder who's really going to be there. So, um, example is agriculture. You know, one of the problems with, with, with agriculture and small producers is they don't have access to markets. So they need to get pulled into the value chain through, through partnerships with bigger organizations. Yeah, but retail and, is absolutely brutal on these small guys, eh? Correct. I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, I mean, dealing with retail, you, you, you know, is it, very difficult. Especially the smaller you are, the more you get, the harder you get pressed on your margin. So we have to have a, we have to have market dynamics that are different. And the big players have to see that if this country fails, they all fail. You know, we have to make the economy work. We can't have the situation you have right now, where we're hedging towards 50, 60 percent unemployment. All, all. Uh, organizations will fail on that basis. So there needs to be a different contribution from that stakeholder player called big business. There's a lot of Um, red tape for entrepreneurs to get business loans from banks. Only people who got cash will get more money from banks. Others face a brick wall. How can potential entrepreneurs create jobs? And I suppose this does speak to what I had predicated the discussion on. The overhaul is absolutely necessary now because I suppose this is the worst we have seen South Africa's markets and generally speaking the economy as it is. So it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to just pretty much start and start from the beginning. Yes? No? Yes. I mean, one of the things that uh, one of the debates, and this is a long term view now, is that, and it's not dealing with the short term crisis, but we need to put uh, entrepreneurship into education. It needs to get into education as a real option. You know, the big corporates are not going to employ uh, thousands more people in South Africa. We need young people to see entrepreneurship as a viable option and have the tools to go into those opportunities, not when they're 35, when they're 18, 19, 20. Mm. And, and we need to take a long-term view on this and we need to deal at the same time with the crisis we have. Um, so we need to you know, work between the two. Um, and um, so... So I think in terms of um, an overall framework or overall ecosystem, we need to deal with the education issue, with the bureaucracy from government. Uh, we need to deal with 
um, the issue of markets, openness, and participation. Those are ask- the kind of ecosystem things that are problematic. Sure. I'm going to ask you the final question because you mentioned the word education, and I was minded to say, now that effectively, and this is just me speaking, but I, I don't think I'll be too wrong when history comes at the end of the year. This academic year, for the most part, is lost. And there's no reason to believe that it'll be any better next year, given how things are going with COVID, not just in the country, but the world over. Is this not a good time to engage small business development department and Minister Patel's department for how to get young people in creative spaces, starting businesses now. See what young people can do with what is available in this market and whatever gaps they are noting. Guys, start businesses. We'll support you. This is part of the new curriculum. Something. Yes. No, that would be fantastic. I mean, we think that, you know, as I said, we need to push the, the entrepreneurship down and backwards into the, into the youth space. Definitely. And if there, are, if there are difficult things to solve in this country, they should be involved. Well, I'll leave it there. Short and sweet. Thank you so much, Mr. Angus Bowmaker. Falconer is a research associate at the University of Stenbosch's Business School. Giving us an account of entrepreneurship and related challenges, this was a report that was released earlier today between themselves as the University of Stellenbosch Business School, the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, as well as South Africa's own small enterprise development agency. Perhaps we should have a conversation with them soon on Business on Wednesday. See what impact they are making in society and engaging young people and putting them especially through the internship programs for which businesses who house these youngsters can actually get paid at no cost to the company, but they have an obligation to society to upskill and they absorb potentially people who show the kind of promise and enterprise and so in any event put their businesses in a better position than what they would have been, less the enthusiasm, brilliance and innovation of the young people who need to be absorbed, especially in the formal economy. 2129, that then, ladies and gentlemen, was the viewpoint. Thanks for your patronage. We certainly do appreciate it. Tomorrow we have a date, same time.